you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't you true. Know, certainly, like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Welcome in to a signing day special of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good, Shane. We just survived another signing day extravaganza. A lot of action here to cover. Uh, you know, I was honestly a little bit disappointed. I, I mean, I love this day no matter what happens, but not a ton of surprises to me, not a ton of viral moments you know we we got a couple hat flips we got a couple fake outs but um no real massive takeaways for me anything that uh, really jumped out to you just that that kind of recaptures the day well i it started strong mike you know i mean i thought we were going to have some serious drama when we had the like you said the hat flip i thought here we go you know and uh then it just kind of went as planned you know i think there was a a few uh, big surprises that, that we're going to get into, but it was it was kind of a mundane national signing day, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you ready to talk some recruiting, buddy? Hell yeah, let's do it. This is not a four-year decision. This is a 40-year decision. Come to the University of South Carolina, and you'll be successful the next 40 years. Recruiting and retaining is our top priority. We're coming. We're coming fast. We're coming at you. The Jets fueled up. We're ready to go. He was my guy from the get-go. I watched all up across the country. I, I truly believe Zach is as good of a quarterback as there is in the United States. I really, his arm talent is to be able to run and create plays and make guys around him like an old-school quarterback. And it's just he can do everything. We have more players in the league than anybody else. We play in the greatest stadium, we play in the greatest conference, and we're the LSU Tigers. If you love the purple and gold, you'll come play for us. All right, so let's just jump right into it, Shane, and then I'm going to start by reading off just the rankings, national rankings of all 14 schools. And keep in mind, anytime I reference a ranking, Shane, I'm going off the uh, 24-7 composite. I think that's the only legitimate way to really do it because for anyone that doesn't understand that, it's ESPN, it's Rivals, it's 24-7, all those rankings put together. 
think that's really the best way to do it because otherwise you're looking at a handful of people at Rivals, mm-hmm. a handful of people at ESPN, and a handful of people at 247. It's better to take a collection of all those evaluators, in my opinion, but that's just kind of why I do it. And we'll start at the top. Alabama finishes uh, with the early signing period. You know, there's obviously still February to go, but Alabama right now, number two in the nation. Mm-hmm. Georgia, number four. LSU, number five. Texas A&M, number six. Auburn, number seven. Florida, number eight. Tennessee, number 15. South Carolina, 17. Kentucky, 23. Mississippi, 25. All those in the SEC teams in the top 25. Ole Miss, number 40. Vanderbilt, 51. Arkansas, 58. And then finally, Missouri, 81. Those last couple with, uh, you know, you include Vanderbilt as well. All the new hires, that's kind of to be expected at this point. I still expect all those teams there at the bottom to kind of jump back up once uh, the February signing period rolls around because they'll have a lot more time have relations with players, try to get them on the campus and what have you. But anything jump out to you about that list, Shane? It seems like uh, it's a little bit to what to be expected. I think maybe the biggest one for me, LSU gunning for that top spot, and they're sitting there at number five after uh, the early signing period. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one for me. I was just thinking, you know, this is a – I mean, this was – like we've talked about this several times. This was a season – Unlike any other, I thought for sure with that momentum, with the Heisman, that LSU would just carry on into National Signing Day. So to see them miss out on a couple of bigs kind of surprised me. Uh, But again, we're talking, what, fifth, you said in this one? Yeah, fifth in the nation. And they still... They've got a couple spots remaining, so it's not yeah. obviously it's not doom and gloom. You finish <laughs> with the number five recruiting class. That's a good enough class to win the national championship down the line. But uh, for, for LSU sure. fans hoping to be number one, I think that's uh, I think that kind of went out the window here on Wednesday. Yeah, and they, I mean there was some there was some sad LSU fans. I I seen them online, you know, because uh, my boy Clydesdale got hurt as well, you know. So there was some some negative Nellies running around, but. Uh, they, they've got a top five class. They, they still got potential to move on up this rankings. They're still competing for a national championship. So, uh, when you came out with the, the biggest losers tweet, you know, they were the ones that I kept seeing popping up the most. So, uh, that was just for today, right? Mike, you were just talking about national signing day when you put that out. Yeah, so we'll get into that in just a minute. I'm going to rank the biggest winners and biggest losers in the SEC following the early signing period. I've already got, hell, I've got Florida people, i got Kentucky people, i got Alabama people. Everybody's <laughs> pissed off at me. Uh, they don't understand how you finish with a top 10 recruiting class and you can be considered a loser. But keep in mind, again, this is just for the early signing period, just for Wednesday. Hell, if you want a ranking of just how your class did, I mean, damn, go to Google and search that and you'll find your answer. That's <laughs> not what I'm trying to give you here. I mean, obviously, Alabama number two in the nation, that's a winner, but not necessarily on the early signing period. But before we get to biggest winners and losers, Shane, I thought the best way to kind of get into this would be all the flips that happened. Uh, These were the high-profile flips on Wednesday. A lot of these kind of stunners, some of them to be expected. But the biggest flip, Shane, happened early. I don't know if you caught this one. Tom Herman double-flipped the bird (laughs) on the (laughs) walkboard. 
That was the biggest one for anyone that missed it. Apparently, old uh, it's almost like an NFL draft where they got their war rooms down here with these coaches and the, and everyone in their program sit and wait for these letters to come in. And for whatever damn reason, I have no idea. Tom Herman looks right at the camera, flips him two birds, and this is the Longhorn Nation he's flipping off here. So I just thought that was hilarious. That was the biggest flip of the day for me. I love it, man. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, all joking aside, the biggest recruiting flip of the day, in my opinion, came five-star receiver LSU commit Rakeem Jarrett kind of pulled a stunner here. Remember, leading up to the early signing period, he sent out that tweet, I'm not signing. We thought that meant uh, his recruitment would open back up potentially to February, and actually it did open up to a degree here because he had signed with Maryland, Shane, what in the hell? You signed flipping from LSU to Maryland. I mean, I guess it would be Maryland's number one option for the rest of his career if that's what he wants. But you want to go win SEC championships, national championships, go to LSU. You want to finish fifth in the Big Ten, whatever division they're in, you go to Maryland. This this one has me baffled. And I don't know. Do you think this has something to do with Loxley? I mean, Loxley, you, you know, he was at Alabama. I mean, Mm-hmm. Came they've been looking at for a long time. It wasn't like this was last year was the first year these teams were looking at him. Do you think maybe that had something to do with some chemistry they they connected on? And when he's I'm still though, I mean Maryland, what are you doing? You know, I just don't mm-hmm. understand. You have a chance. You're watching uh, Chase down here breaking records and in an offense that's fit perfect for you, and then you decide to go to Maryland that struggles in the ACC. I just that one blows my mind, man. Yeah, I guess, you know, the relationship probably is there. And, you know, maybe the allure to stay home. So, not you know, I don't really want to judge a kid on his decision. But, yeah, in the end of the day, I mean, how many times is he going to be on national television? How many times are we going to hear his name the rest of his career? <laughs> I mean, you yeah. go to LSU, you go to Maryland. One of them <laughs> churns out NFL prospects year, year in, year out. If anything, Shane, I thought this kid was going to flip to Alabama or Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Those were two other ones that uh, he had been looking at pretty heavily throughout his recruitment. But uh, going to Maryland <laughs> over LSU, that, that's still a head shaker for me. I said ACC. I guess when you go three and nine, you kind of forget what conference they're in, Mike. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they're in the Big Ten. So yeah, I mean this this one blows my mind. I don't I don't understand it. unless you just, I mean unless you just want to. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the bag men got to him up there, man. Well, sticking with LSU, Shane, this is going to be a common theme here. Four star defensive back Malcolm Green. He was the first flip of the day. He was committed to LSU. Flipped to Clemson. So that was a loss, and then potentially an even bigger loss than Malcolm Green, four-star receiver, Jermaine Burton, longtime LSU commit, flips to Georgia. So not only are you not getting him, he's going to an SEC rival. And now all of a sudden, Shane, LSU looked like they had one of the nation's top receiving cores with Rakeem Jarrett gone, Jermaine Burton gone. LSU's now searching for answers at receiver. And, I mean, that's stunning to me. This is one of the reasons why, like I said, we'll get to the biggest winners and losers here in a minute. But this is why LSU's on my list, Shane, because you just can't lose, you know, the nation's number 20 player and four-star athletes here when you you got all the momentum. I mean, who Mm -hmm. doesn't want to play for Coach O right now? They may win the national championship here. And, again, I'm not trashing on LSU's entire – you know, list here. They did pick up some big guys here, but at the same time, 
I don't know. It, it's just it feels like feels like they swung and missed here on the early signing period. I'm with you, man. I I, I just this one I didn't see it coming. I I, I fully expect all of them go and maybe even sneak somebody else in there. You know, just the the fact they lost locked lost these guys. I mean, you know, you got Gilbert. You know, so that's good. You've you still got. Uh, what's his name? Kayshawn. Uh, he's going to be coming in. So they still got some weapons coming in for that offense. But I honestly, I was expecting to see two or three, you know, studs coming in, you know, just to play this style of offense. It just, it, I don't know. Just when you think you got recruiting figured out, Mike, it comes up and bites you in the ass. All right, Shane, here's a flip that's going to go under the radar for a lot of people. But I like this one. Three-star quarterback, Mike Wright was committed to UCF, flips his commitment to Vanderbilt. I always love when uh, a school like Vanderbilt is able to do this to UCF, who thinks you know they're nationally elite. And then here you go, your quarterback flips his commitment to Vanderbilt. You're going to get a better education. You're, the competition is going to be better. We, what we've seen, obviously Vanderbilt got issues with uh, depth under center. So that's a sneaky one. I'm not saying that Mike Wright's going to come in here and be you know the day one starter or anything by for Vanderbilt, but – it's always good when you when you raid a G5 program that's known for identifying talent, particularly solid quarterback talent. So I think Vanderbilt could have picked up a good one there. And then how about this, Shane? Yes, sir. <laughs> Arkansas with a huge flip day here. Well, again, this is one of my winners, Shane. Arkansas, and for a big reason, you know, a lot of people looking at their ranking. You know, they're barely mm-hmm. in the top 50. So how in the hell are they a winner? Well, they're a winner because three-star running back Dominique Johnson flipped his commitment from Missouri to Arkansas. This is the kid that uh, had the hat on, flipped it off, revealed the Arkansas <laughs> shirt. And anytime you get that, Shane, you be, you're just building momentum, publicity. Now, I'm not advocating that all these kids out here do something crazy or anything, but obviously I've said on this podcast I do enjoy when they do it. But those <laughs> moments go viral. And whether you agree or disagree with uh, those decisions and, th- and those displays, I mean, you're getting Arkansas out there, and you're what you're you're learning who this kid is. You're learning that Sam Pittman just stole a kid from his cross division rival, mm-hmm. uh, who also has a new staff. That was big. And then you take it a step further, Shane. Three star offensive lineman Ray Curry also flipped from Missouri to Arkansas. So once again. Sam Pittman and company, this is telling me that uh, they're already out recruiting Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah. And I, I should have mentioned Johnson was the kid that, uh, I don't know if you saw it, Shane, he's already deleted it, but apparently his uh, Dominique Johnson's cousin tweeted something out about how Eli Drinkwitz, you know, was very uh, misleading to them and lied to him, and they were recruiting him as a running back, and then they found out that uh, they wanted him to play linebacker and all this. So that was kind of part of the hat flip. I think it was just his his way of old flipping old Drinkowitz there. <laughs> and then the last, do you think? Do you, do, let me ask you on that one. Do you think it was more Drinkowitz? Because I that's what I I kept hearing was that he, this kid was spurned. But it, it was it that, or was you think this has more to do with Barry Odom? You know, bringing some of his crews over. I mean, I'm sure it's got a little bit of all of it in there, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. I've had Missouri fans come at me since I've made these comments, but and it's hard to put Missouri in the loser category, even though I did, because yeah. like I said, they've only had so much time to recruit. You can't really expect a lot from Missouri, 
But the difference mm-hmm. is when you're losing to another program that is in the exact same situation. I mean, how many people outside of Fayetteville laughed their ass off when Sam Pittman got hired? And yeah. here they are. They got the coach that nobody heard of outside of, you know, diehard SEC fans even know who Sam Pittman is. And here he is stealing recruits. I don't know. It just, it just It's a good look for Arkansas. It's a bad look for Missouri, in my opinion, whether Missouri, one of these kids or not. This is how I'm viewing it. I don't know how yeah. anyone else is. but And then here's the biggest one of the day, Shane, for Arkansas. Four-star defensive back, Miles Slusher. He's going to be a safety for them. Flip from Oregon to Arkansas. This kid is the number 150 prospect overall in the nation. So they're getting another elite kid. And, and here you go, Shane, where they've had two weeks to recruit. You got Oregon going to the damn Rose Bowl, yet they're flipping commits from the Ducks. If I'm a Razorback fan right now, I'm thinking, you know, it's taken us two weeks to get a top 150 kid from a team going to the Rose Bowl. I think we <laughs> might have something here from in Sam Pittman. I like it, man, because we're talking just a couple weeks, Mike. You know, it's so hard to to become a head coach somewhere you know yeah you're going to pick up some of those diehard arkansas fans but that's or that's not what we're talking about you know they got some playmakers in here that we didn't expect to be playing for arkansas so the fact sam Pittman and odom and and the whole staff was able to put this together in in this short amount of time uh, it's just I don't know. It, it to me, it's just uh, making the future look a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Because you surround yourself with talent, and that's one thing about Morris. I don't care if you think he could coach or not, but you know Pittman can recruit, and if they're able to get, I mean, if they're able to get talent on that field, it's just a matter of time before they figure everything out, and Arkansas is going to be good again. I just, I don't know. I, I like a master recruiter, and that's what Sam Pittman is, and, and he's, he proved it, man. Two weeks, and look what kind of class we got. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this one, Shane? About uh, You'll like this one. Three-star quarterback slash athlete Jimmy Holiday flipped his commitment from TCU to Tennessee. This is the one I know the volunteers really wanted. And I got some info on this kid, Shane. This will, I mean, this will make your day here. But buddy Jake Wimberly, who we've had on the show to talk Mississippi State, he covered Holiday. He also covers high school recruiting down there in Mississippi. He also covered another young man that I think you've heard of, Shane, who he said is very comparable to old Jimmy Holiday. You want to take a guess at uh, who was the most exciting freshman we saw this season in the SEC? Uh... Most exciting freshman we've seen in the S- uh, Plumtree? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what he said this kid could be for Tennessee. So anytime you're getting a playmaker like that, he, he just said he's so dynamic with the ball, making people miss. This is one that is not going to be, you know, nationally they're going to be making headlines that they flipped a three-star quarterback from TCU. But, hell, Shane, if he's – you know, I don't want to call him Plumtree because that's, that's saying a lot, but – if he is close to that caliber of a playmaker, Tennessee may have just got a real gem here. Absolutely. They say he flies, dude. I mean, I think his name's Jet. That's his nickname. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, with a nickname like Jet, I mean, you know you got to be fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's calling me Jet, man, you know? <laughs> Jumping down to the state of Alabama, three-star linebacker Romello Height flipped his commitment from Miami to Auburn. It's 
given the Tigers a really strong linebacker core here in this signing class. And then last but not least, this was one of the later ones in the day, four-star running back Chase McClellan flipped his commitment from Oklahoma to Alabama. So the, the Crimson Tide got to be liking their depth now at running back with a late flip like that. Uh, and these are always a surprise at these early signing periods, national signing days. And they're just always sweeter when you can flip them from, you know, a program you don't like. You know what? Absolutely. I love it. I hated that uh, uh, Smith went out to Stanford, you know. That was one I was hoping that would stay in the SEC. But, uh, yeah, you love you love stealing from the other conferences for sure. All right, Shane, I think I've teased it enough. I'm going to get to uh, my biggest winners here. Let's do the winners first, of course. And we got a big one in South Carolina, Shane. I put them number one on my list. Obviously, landing Jordan Birch, who I think, you know, I don't want to I don't want to pretend like I knew he was going to South Carolina, but I heard a lot of from a lot of people that that's kind of was one to watch here, depending on who you talk to. Georgia was the pick, Clemson was the pick, LSU. A lot of people thought LSU was going to pick the pick. Stays in-state, stays in his damn hometown here, Jordan Birch, five-star. But the only exception here, Shane, <laughs> I think you were about to ask me this. Yeah, there's an he asterisk on his name. He signed with South Carolina. He did not sign his papers. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here for you, Shane. Okay. Jordan Birch will not sign with South Carolina. Get out of here. And I'm going to make another, I'm going to make another bold prediction, Shane. Okay. Jordan Birch plays his college football for the Gamecocks because you don't have to sign. (laughs) That's a misconception. I think this kid from everything I know, he is not about this media stuff. I don't know why he did this damn ESPN uh, presentation because he doesn't do interviews. His family doesn't do interviews. And according to uh, Keith Alsap there that uh, runs the uh, Locked On South Carolina podcast. Yeah. This kid knew where he was going since November. And that's kind of the same thing I've been hearing. We're just, you know, he's very close with the program. He just doesn't tip his hand. And I don't think he ever had any intention of going anywhere else. And I still don't think he does. And whether he signs or not, these kids, none of them really have to sign. All that does is lock you in with the school. You could, All you have to do is show up and go to class, and then and then you're on it. And they're going to hold a damn spot for him. I think that's what's going to happen with Jordan Birch. I think just whenever – I don't know if he's going to be an early enrollee. I don't believe his high school allows for you to leave high school early, so it'll just be sometime in the spring or summer, what have you. I think he'll just drive on over, cross the street, wherever that is, and, and just go to school. And I think that's going to be the end of it. And I, there's going to be speculation everywhere. I've already seen Georgia people, oh, we're still in it, we're still in it. I don't, I don't think his kid's got any indication of or any desire to go anywhere other than South Carolina. Let me ask you, Mike, because – I, I'm not a recruit. I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm a recruit whisperer. I'm not. I, I'm here to listen to you, man. I'm learning just as much as the, the listeners are today, uh, listening to you talk. But I did, I did pick up some rumbling on on Jordan Birch. There, I mean, because there are rumors, man, and they're mm-hmm. they're going like crazy online. Uh, I'm I'm seeing. Well, he wants to see where Huntley goes, and if Huntley goes, you know, somewhere else, there's a chance Jordan goes somewhere else. Is that a possibility? Uh, somebody said that they couldn't sign a letter of intent, and I've never heard a high school say that. No, you that's not. Do that. That's not okay. right. 
All right. So, well, somebody said it was something about grades. You know, it's like he had to get a, his grades to a certain thing to send. And you could I, have I, you could have all F's and you could still sign. Okay. All right. So but you won't get squashing. into school, but you can you can sign. But you, you may not get <laughs> into right. school. But you we're can... squashing rumors today. Okay. So what about the Huntley thing? Is there anything to that? Because I've also seen Birch is a man of his word, and when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Uh, but again, I mean, we're talking a kid here. I mean, things could happen. Well, I mean, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to disrespect any of these like recruiting insiders because they do an outstanding job and they do their emphasis on this stuff is is better than mine. So I'm not questioning them or their intel or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if they really knew what they were talking about with this kid, they would have known he's going to South Carolina and none of them knew, you know what I mean? And that, right. again, that's not to disrespect them. I think that's just the way this kid is. I don't think he tells any of uh, Muschamp's sons, who's one of his best friends, one of his high school teammates say so he had no idea where this kid's going. So you, you really think that uh, these reporters know, I mean, they, no, yeah. I don't believe any of that. And uh, it was the funniest damn thing after his announcement. Apparently, you know, they asked his mom, is he going to sign, what have you? He's, she said, you'll have to ask him. And then immediately after, she says, he's not doing interviews. So it's like, <laughs> 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 I mean, that's just how they do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm almost positive he's going to South Carolina. And I I would not be shocked at all. I, I just don't think he's into this recruiting stuff. I don't think he's into any of it. And Maybe he should have just signed just to end it, but I just think he's just going to walk on campus there, and they're going to they're going to hold a spot for him uh, till the end of time, and and that'll be the end of it. Well, you know what they say, Mike: ninety percent info out there in recruiting <laughs> isn't true. <laughs> when you don't have the year you want to have, uh, you know, you deal with a lot on the recruiting trail. Some, and about ninety percent of it's not true uh, of some of our lovely competitors. All right, Shane, let's kick it down to my second biggest winner. You're going to be happy with this one, Shane. I'm picking Tennessee, number two, biggest winner on the early signing period because they've got, they went five for five with their key targets. And if you want to include this guy in, which I think you should, Jimmy Callaway kept him away from Kentucky. It's really six for six. That He was on flip a watch there to Kentucky. Uh, he's another, kind of like Holiday, another elite playmaker, almost in a Lim Bowden-type role. Uh, this kid, they, Tennessee desperately needs receiver help next season, so keeping Callaway in there was huge. But uh, they, they beat Florida State out for an outside pass rusher, Morvin Joseph. They mm-hmm. beat Kentucky out on defensive end outside linebacker Tyler Barron. Uh, they beat UCLA out for Lenneth Whitehead. Lenneth Whitehead. Uh, they beat... Uh, Georgia Tech out for defensive lineman Reginald Perry, and then we already we already hit on the TCU flip. So anytime you go into a period like this, I mean, so many things can go wrong. You could be 99% sure you're going to get a kid, and then he pulls a Raheem Jarrett. I mean, you just never know. And um, I'm not saying no school's ever gone, you know, six for six like this, but it's very impressive I, for Tennessee, who a lot of people thought they were kind of strolling and recruiting to have such a strong close here and get all these signatures to now they're looking uh, at, at a top 15 class that could even get better. Yeah, I like it, man. I thought we had a great one. Uh, let me ask you, somebody not on the list, uh, decommitted right there before National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard anything on Kyrie Miller? I don't know that he's officially decommitted, uh, but I think, I don't know, that's always a tricky one, Shane, because I know he plays for a small school down in Texas, but I thought they wanted him, so the fact that uh, – you know, he's not part of this class. 
I would assume that uh, Tennessee kind of told them to hold off for now, mm-hmm. kind of see where they're at. Now, does that mean that they might have a big fish on the line here? I don't, I don't know, but okay. that remains to be seen. Anytime someone don't sign, they either weren't committed or the school maybe not committed to them. And um, I don't think that uh, looking at his offer list, I don't think he's the one that would not want to go to Tennessee. Yeah, I got you, man. No, I'm happy with it. Like you said, those bubble guys that we were trying to get, we landed them. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I mean, this this class didn't have a lot of hype coming into National Signing Day, you know, and it just like it felt like we were going to miss maybe one or two of these guys. And the fact we landed them all, I mean, I I call it a win, and I, I'm glad that you have them in the winners bracket. All right, Shane. Next biggest winner, Georgia and Kirby the closer, man. I mean, if you do it better <laughs> than old Kirby Smart. Uh, we're talking some elite talent. I mean, they kept, you know, a lot of these linemen. We didn't know if they were really going to hang on to and got all those guys. We already talked about the flip from LSU, Jermaine Burton. That was a big one. Uh, they beat Alabama out for one of the top receivers in the nation, Arian Smith. That was a big one. Major Burns, the defensive back from Louisiana. They got his commitment during the early signing period. And, uh, you know, I just really like what Kirby did here. And if a rumor has it, they're going to likely add a couple more five-stars, Shane. We got, we're got we in a weird period here where kids are signing, but then they're not announcing it, and then they're going to wait till the national you know, All-American games. And I'm talking five-star cornerback Kaylee Ringo, four-star yeah. corner Dante Matting, five-star tight end Darnell Washington. I'd say each of these three, not saying they're all going to Georgia, but I think they all signed. They're just not announcing it in – I'm looking at uh, Georgia's list here, Shane, and it's it's not lacking for star power for sure, but it's lacking in numbers. So if these elite players really did sign, and it's kind of like a big mystery out there, but if they did and they're not revealing it, Georgia is a place that's got the room. Georgia is a place that was recruiting them pretty hard. So, hell, you add a couple of these elite talent here, Georgia's going to make a big jump on come the national signing day there on on february absolutely man i mean they this i'm i was surprised i thought they were kind of kind of dwindled a little bit you know when sam left and there was just i don't know it just felt like uh oh is there a storm you know being created down there in athens but uh man coach went down there took care of business he's got his helicopter flying around everywhere you know i mean these guys landed some great, great athletes, and like you said, this class can only can only get better. I think from here on out. Hell, he even got a new kicker. Did you see that, Zirkel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if he can rap. You know. <laughs> All right, final winner here, Shane. Arkansas. We kind of hit on it already, but I know they've got a long way to go in their class. But I just really like to see what Sam Pittman's doing there, and you know the Razorbacks have been. You know, the joke of the SEC for far too long here and not saying obviously they're going to be some elite team next season or anything, but I just think it's trending in the right direction. I know we haven't seen a lot to make a final definitive answer on on these hires, but hell, if you're going to grade the three after just a couple weeks, I know Lane Kiffin's winning the press conferences, he's winning the headlines, but uh, I'm going to say Arkansas and Sam Pittman are, are winning where it really counts. Uh agree no i was going to ask you because i was trying to think where you're going to go next are you going to go your losers or are you going to talk about some of those guys in the middle because the ones that are upset 
aren't the winners and losers, really. It's the ones that are in the middle not getting mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, you know, if you're not mentioned on a day like this, Shane, it's yeah. not reason to panic. It's it's business as usual. No drama is good drama. I mean, these teams that I listed here as winners, these are the ones that came in with huge question marks. And more often than not, they won the day. And then the yeah. losers here are the you know inverse. They had question marks. They were hoping to get guys and struck out. So if I didn't mention you, you know, there was a lot of teams that had solid days, but, you know, you didn't lose a lot of guys. You didn't add necessarily any five stars you weren't expecting. So, I mean, hell, we just ran down the list. I mean, Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, a lot of these schools have some elite classes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just not a very exciting day for them. Is They got who they, you know, were after or, or you know, they didn't lose anyone. So yeah. uh, that's kind of – if you're not on this list, it's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're Mississippi State, they had a hell of a class, no drama, didn't lose anyone, no shenanigans. Like I said, it's it's all it's like the opposite of Ole Miss here. Business as usual, quietly keep building under Joe Moorhead. That's what you want. Uh, you just want to stay out of this biggest losers column. What about Kentucky? Because we got a buddy that's losing a lot of sleep over this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kentucky, I mean, they pretty much just it was business as usual. That was the big thing. I know Kentucky had a, you know, they've got a top twenty-five class. It's you know, a parade up there in Lexington, and it should be because it just continues. It's business as usual. It's trending in the right direction. But they didn't really wow me with anything, and, and the biggest target they had on the board they lost out on. So uh, yeah. it's not it's not a bad day by any means. It's a it's a great class. But, again, it just was not a huge day for the Wildcats. Do you think this – you think it's just like – par for the course with Kentucky like it's a, it should be expected so we shouldn't celebrate it you know what I'm saying is that is that what you're saying yeah I mean if you want to be this is the same thing we got with Auburn you know what I mean like yeah. Auburn has been consistently good and hell they landed a number of four-star players and that's where Auburn is in the SEC we just see him just saw him beat Alabama you know what I mean like they're not mm-hmm. uh throwing a damn per- parade because they got a top 10 class they're just Hell, those fans are probably like, why in the hell aren't we number five? You know what I mean? Yeah. That I mean, yeah. I like to see Kentucky is there now where they're, they're probably saying, hell, we're, I think, what what did I say? They were 23. They're probably like, we should be 20. You know what I mean? So that's right. where you want to be if you're Kentucky. Uh, but when you your biggest gain and you had a, a loss, I mean, that just kind of averages out to it's a great day for Kentucky, but it's really great because of the, the work they put in for the entire year and not because anything great happened on Wednesday, in my opinion. I got you. I like it. All right, Shane, the number one loser here, and I got some heat for this one, number eight <laughs> class in the nation. Oh, my God, we can't say they're losers. <laughs> but they were on Wednesday big time. I, I don't understand how you, can, you can't you can really shape it any other way. The Florida Gators, Shane, they missed yeah. every single key target they had coming into the day, starting with four-star receiver Sam Brown, who went to West Virginia over Florida. Mm. That's another thing. You're losing it to West Virginia. Like, that's that's not good. Four-star defensive lineman Timothy Smith, who was an Alabama commit. He was on flip watch. I know Dan Mullen and company really wanted this kid, and they didn't get him. So it, when you don't mm. get your flips, that's an issue, obviously. Three-star defensive tackle Clyde Pinder picked North Carolina over Florida. 
Again, Mac Brown, you're going to choose Mac Brown over Dan Mullen. I don't get that one. And then four-star defensive end Donnell Harris. I think the Gators really thought uh, they were going to get this flip from Texas A&M. And this is the kid that did the fake out, Shane. So I saw that. It's not only when you lose, but it's the way you lose sometimes makes it even worse. That's a big reason why the Gators are in my biggest losers of the day. But I didn't want to be just totally negative here, Shane, because they got a a defensive tackle. Shane, check out these numbers. Gervon Dexter. Defensive lineman, he had 103 tackles last year, 35 tackles for lost, 18 sacks, mm. and 27 sacks his final two years in high school. So, Jeez. He lived in the backfield. <laughs> you can't be disappointed oh. with that dude on your team. They, they got that kid. So What's 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 his tangibles? How big is this boy? Do we got the stats? I do not have that on hand, Shane, but he, I mean, I'm sure he's a big one. I'm looking it, I'm looking it up because I'm curious. <laughs> Gervin Dexter, six six and a half, two hundred eighty six pounds, loves long walks in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! All right, final loser on my list, Shane. Missouri Tigers. We kind of hit on it there. You know, didn't get any kind of like standout players, but again, it was really hard for me to put one of these new hires on the losers list because I just don't think it's it's not even like fair to these guys that the job they got to do. But then when you're losing commitments to someone that is going through the same situation you are, that makes you a loser, particularly when it's someone you got to face every single season. So they're going to be seeing these kids for the next three to four years. Uh, that's why Missouri's on the list. And then this, there was a there was a really weird situation here uh, on Thursday, which only added to Missouri's woes here. But and I don't want to disparage this kid because it sounds like he didn't do anything wrong. But they had a target, Shane. His name's uh, Kayvon Billingsley, mm-hmm. and there was a report that he was arrested for felony stealing charges. That's why Missouri didn't sign him. And then about an hour later, the guy that reported this said, oh, wait a second. Looks like it was his brother. His older brother was the one that got arrested. And then when the police arrested him, the brother said he was the football player. So it's the football player getting dragged. So his brother apparently turned on him. Mm. And uh, I I hope that they get this figured out and he gets to come play for Missouri because that would be god-awful if, you know, he didn't even do anything wrong. He doesn't get to sign. But, I mean, it's just been a rough couple of days here for Missouri. I, I broke a vase once at Mamaw's house. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> and I blame my brother, avid listener to the show. And I'd like to apologize, John, because that was on me. <laughs> and it hurt me seeing you get paddled. But thanks for taking one for the team. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we got going on here. I felt bad. I be- I felt bad for Mizzou because, you know, when you look at the new hires, okay, we got Lane, I mean, Joey Freshwater down there at Ole Miss. We've got in Arkansas one of the most electric people, Sam Pittman. I mean, if you say what you want when you listen to this guy talk, you get drawn in. Mm-hmm. You got Barry Odom that just came from Mizzou. And then you got you got our boy up here, Steve, and he's having a little trouble. And, uh, you know, they still 
I mean, they still managed to get Hester. I think he's a hell of an athlete. Uh, I've seen a lot of this Elijah Young because he's right here in our backyard, you know. Mm -hmm. So they got some pieces. Uh, obviously, it was not – I mean, there was a lot of in-state guys. I mean, loaded up with in-state talent. But uh, I just hate it because as, as far as that short window, he was behind the eight ball more than any of these new hires. So, you know, yes, they're not a – I wouldn't say this class is a winner, but – you know, I, it's it's hard to say that, you know, I, it just didn't feel like he got a fair shake, you know, these first few weeks, man. Mm -hmm. All right, Shane, let's jump down to the best halls by position, the best position group signees, in my opinion, and kind of had a lot of bad things to say about the Gators. So let's start right there because I think they had the best defensive line haul in the SEC and, of course, you know, you and I are suckers for line of scrimmage play. So yep. you get offensive linemen, you get defensive linemen. That's how you win in the SEC. So all the credit in the world here. The Gators, Shane, landed five four-star defensive linemen. We already talked about Dexter. He's going to be a beast. Antoine Powell, Johnny Brown, Jalen Lee, and Lamar Goods. That's his good as it's going to get mm -hmm. on a national signing day here you land five four-star linemen if i'm uh you know todd grantham and company i'm super pleased with that haul and you're just not going to do any better than that in one signing class no absolutely that was a great now that was a great class for them and i'm, and I'm worried about them man i'm telling you these the sleeping giant i know it's crazy to say with 10 10 win seasons these last two years but uh you know they just keep they just keep plodding along they don't they haven't ventured off you know they haven't had a bad recruiting class they haven't i mean it's just it feels like they're they're getting something special going on down there and that worries me being a tennessee fan you know well georgia receiver shane they're right up there so we all know the receiving issues they had this year those guys will be a year older so maybe they'll be a little bit better but they got guys pushing them now like these are all four stars marcus rosemey jermaine burton we hit on arian smith we also hit on and then justin robinson so if you're a georgia fan you know you need help at receiver i think those are four outstanding players that uh, could all see the field next season that's mm -hmm. what you want to see and let's jump on down to alabama shane they're outside linebackers they had some some great ones here. You know, they got some guys leaving to the NFL. They've had some issues there without those guys. They need depth at the outside linebacker position. You're not going to do much better than five-star Chris Braswell. He's one of the most uh, highly rated prospects in the entire nation. And then joining him, four-stars Quindarius Robinson, Will Anderson, and Demoy Kennedy, I believe is how you say his name. But, you know, you're talking four – outstanding nationally all-american type kids at outside linebacker it's, <laughs> it's not like alabama needs much help on defense but uh, they're getting four of the best edge rushers and that's exactly what you want to see if you're nick saban let me ask you mike uh just real quick what about uh bryce young you think you think this is somebody that could actually i don't know make a push for a starting role next year well, Shane, seen... you're jumping the gun here oh, to okay. our, our impact freshman. We'll touch on him in a minute. Uh, staying with uh, Best Halls, Kentucky, on the line of scrimmage. We hit on them a little bit here, Shane. Four-star defensive lineman Justin Rogers. These are all four stars, I should have said. Samuel Ali, Josiah Haynes. One of, 
You know how incredibly difficult it is, Shane, to reach into Mississippi and take one of the best prospects that Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Auburn and Alabama wants? Kentucky Mm -hmm. did that on Wednesday with Josiah Haynes, and then they also got four-star offensive lineman John Young. These are the centerpieces of this top 25 class, and it's just, I mean, this is just like in the mold of what Mark Stoops is trying to build down there. You build it through the trenches. You wonder, can Kentucky finally break through and win the SEC East? They're not going to do it without stud players on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and now they got that in this signing class. There's a hell of a signing class here by uh, Mark Stoops and company. Yeah, no, this is a good one. I know, I know you're giving them. A lot of people giving them a hard time, but I think this is a perfect class. This is the best class they've had in a long time. And and for being a developmental school, I mean, th- these guys, who knows what he can do. I mean, this is – he's starting ahead of the curve with these guys, it feels like. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And don't forget also, I mean, this is not on the line of scrimmage, but you throw in Joey Gatewood in this class too, technically. And yeah. I mean, we still haven't seen what he can do. He, may, he was an Under Armour All-American, so – I mean, hell, they may have gotten the best quarterback in this class, too. (laughs) True. All right, Shane, how about this, Hall? You're going to like this. Tennessee linebackers. I'm throwing in Tyler Barron here because from what I've heard, I think they're going to begin him at outside linebacker. So I'm throwing in Tyler Barron, Lenneth Whitehead. I know some people think he could be a running back. I think he's going to be linebacker, but could see him playing both ways. Bryson Eason and Martavius French, the two Memphis teammates, and then – the guy they won over over Florida State from down there in Florida, Morvin Joseph, another edge rusher. I know linebacker. They Tennessee had some good linebackers last year, but they were very thin at that position. You're adding five guys like this. I think Tennessee no longer has depth issues at linebacker. I love it. And we've seen freshmen step up and play in this system, you know? Mm-hmm. Last one here, Shane. This is uh, the second year in a row this program has really nailed it here at this position. Texas A&M, their defensive backs, they signed one of the nation's best safeties in Jalen Jones. And Antonio Johnson was also in All-American safety. Uh, They got uh, one of the, I believe, the number one junior college corner, Brian George and uh, Joshua Moten. Uh, this is, like I said, back-to-back years where they're signing some of the best defensive backs in the nation. That's what you want to see if you're Jimbo Fisher. Defensive backs have been an issue when he took over. They were very poor, particularly his first year. They're getting better this year. Now they're going to get pushed with some of this talent here. It may not be long, Shane, before Texas A&M's got one of the best secondaries in the SEC. You about have to, man. When you're playing teams like Alabama and LSU and Auburn every year, you you got to have some defensive backs, man. So this is a good get for them. All right, last thing here before we get to the my thoughts on the impact players, Shane. Just four to keep an eye on because these kids did not sign. And I'm going to stay in the state of Tennessee, Shane. Jay Hardy, the Auburn commit, not really sure why he didn't sign, Shane. But otherwise to say he's, th- he's still thinking about going to Tennessee – this is a kid that uh, apparently committed to Tennessee many times silently. <laughs> it stunned a lot of people when he made his decision to commit to Auburn, and he did not sign. There was Auburn people thought he would, so I guess technically his recruitment is back open. That could be part of the reason why Tennessee's leaving the spot open there. So Jay Hardy, that's one to watch. Five-star offensive lineman Broderick Jones, Georgia commit. 
who is planning to take a visit to Auburn. So it could be a little bit of a Sam Pittman effect there. He was their Georgia's highest-rated offensive lineman, did not sign. Uh, the nation's number one running back, Zach Evans, who Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia, Alabama have all gr- recruited at different times. He's still out there. And then lastly, Shane, a former – I don't think he is anymore, but he was at one point the highest-rated prospect from the state of Tennessee. Four-star linebacker Reggie Grimes committed to Oklahoma, did not sign. Says he's going to sign with Oklahoma in February, but – I don't know. We'll see. It's an open invitation for anyone to come get him. South Carolina, he's a big South Carolina target. Will Muschamp ain't going to give up yet. So those are just four big names that we could see flip or sign somewhere else or who knows what between now and February. Just wanted fans to be aware of that. All right, Shane, impact players. I got quite a few here. I'm just going to go team by team, and you already jumped the gun a little bit here. But (laughs) if Tua leaves, as I think most people expect – I think uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback, the five-star quarterback there, you know, I've never – I know everyone gets excited about these freshman quarterbacks, but I just don't know if it's wise always to get them out on the field, particularly if you're trying to win a national championship. But at the same time, there's a reason some of these kids are five-stars. And a guy like Young, it's because he's playing at a high level at at a major uh, division there in California, and he's just – putting up ridiculous numbers there have been plenty of you know young quarterbacks that could come in and transition immediately and I think if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna be Bryce Young so not sold on him at the college level till we see him face SEC defenses but if two is gone I'm circling him as an impact player Mm -hmm. staying in that state Shane Auburn five-star running back Tank Bigsby I think uh, they're gonna make use of him immediately on the plane what's his name Tank Bigsby. Oh, of course they are, man. Name like Tank. <laughs> got to get him out there. And then they also got another kid that I really like out of Georgia, four-star receiver, Xavion uh, Capers. Who This was a kid that uh, was actually committed to Chad Morris at Arkansas. Now he'll get to play with him here at uh, Auburn. So I think he's going to be an impact player from day one. Uh, staying in the SEC, West Shane, LSU, five-star tight end Eric Gilbert. I think he's going to be their starter next year. I don't even know if he's going to line up a tight end, to be honest with you. I don't really know why they call him a tight end. He's just like a bigger receiver. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to find ways every way you can imagine to get this kid on the field. I don't know if you saw it, Shane, but uh, Matt Ryan of the Falcons gave Gilbert his uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year award. And, hell, I mean, during his ceremony, he said, I hope this kid's on my team in three years. Like, Imagine an NFL quarterback saying that to a high school kid. But uh, that's, I mean, that's the talent that Gilbert's got. So I think he could be all SEC from day one. I I think he's that good. Imagine Matt Ryan starting three years from now. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding, just kidding. I I did watch a lot of Gilbert, obviously, because I love his quarterback. But uh, I was hoping that. That I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be a tight end. I think he slims down a little bit and becomes just a big body dominant receiver out there. So this was a big get for them. Mm-hmm. And how about this one, Shada? Georgia, we're talking about Jake Fromm leaving. If he does, I think there's a chance old Carson Beck, their four star signal caller, I think there's a chance he could be the next kind of Jake Fromm's type where he plays quite a bit as a freshman, maybe even starts down the line. So that's kind of one to watch there for the Bulldogs. 
Uh, we haven't talked a lot of Mississippi State, but I like two kids they really got. Four-star junior college defensive end Jordan Davis. This is a kid that was uh, coming out of high school. He signed with Alabama. Obviously had to go the junior college route, but I think he could help Mississippi State day one. And then another junior college kid who he signed with Mississippi State at a high school. He signed with them, I believe, at a junior college, and for whatever reason he had to go back. So he's signed with them three different times, I believe. Malik Heath, the receiver, Mississippi State needs help at receiver, and obviously this kid's really committed to the program, mm -hmm. and they think the world of him. I mean, he was committed under Dan Mullen. Mullen tried to get him at Florida, stuck to his commitment here with Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State. I think they're going to find uh, ways. He was number one prospect in Mississippi a couple years ago, so Heath is a one to watch for Mississippi State. South Carolina, obviously Birch. you got to put him on the list. Uh, South Carolina's missing kind of that elite edge rusher with some of their guys graduating. And then the big one, Marshawn Lloyd, their running back for South Carolina. I think he's going to be their starter next year. I think he's that good. I think, I, honestly, I don't, like I said, not big on recruits, not big on watching these videos come out. And, but I'm going to tell you, I stumbled across him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That is probably the fastest. I mean, he has got to be kicking everybody's ass in these cone drills because he is just from, <laughs> from point A to point B, left to right. I mean, he is going to be exciting to watch. I think he's the best running back in this class. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what South Carolina needs. Jumping down to Tennessee, Shane, we already kind of already hit on uh, Callaway, the receiver, but I think another one to watch for the Volunteers, Jalen Hyatt. He's their fastest receiver they signed, and I believe I read somewhere, Shane, where his high school team, I know obviously it's not all the receivers, but I believe they were 52-1, and won four state titles during his time there, in, I believe it was Virginia, no, South Carolina, Jalen Hyatt. He's the same high school as uh, Bryce Thompson. But I think uh, with what Tennessee's losing at receiver, I think a lot of these receivers are going to have the opportunity to play next season for Jim Chaney. And then mm -hmm. last one on my list, Texas A&M five-star receiver, Damon DeMoss. And he did not even play, Shane, his high school year. He tried to transfer schools, and for some reason – uh, the Texas Association, what have you down there, ruled him ineligible. So this guy has been, I don't want to say chilling, but <laughs> just rested his body or what have you. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he is one of the top, I believe, 10 prospects in the nation. And if Kellen Mond returns as expected, I think uh, th they've got to get this kid on the field. For sure. Wasn't Hyatt the kid that won the state championship? Was he the one that, was he the one that they went and saw? Ah, you know what, forget it. All these kids win state championships. That's how good they are, Mike. <laughs> well, that's the best part of uh, the signing period. It doesn't matter where you're ranked. If you're Alabama at number two or you're number 81 Missouri here, you know, the coaches love who they got. They got some high-character kids. They're winners. They're going to turn around the program. It's This is the best day in college football because they're <laughs> – I mean, I went down a list here of biggest winners and losers, but to be honest, there is no losers. Everybody's a winner. You know what I mean? So – uh, it's just a great day. And you know, you know who is a loser, and I love it? Southern California. Big loser. <laughs> you know, I saw some stat. If you if you look, the top recruits that are coming that are in the state of California are not playing for a team in California, which kind of surprises you, you know, especially now that they're talking about making money and all this stuff. I thought, oh hell, they're all gonna want to go out there, but nope, not so fast, buddy. They're already making money in the South. So here they come. <laughs> 
All right, Shane, that's all I got on this one of just a big recruiting dive here. And, um, you know, I, it was an exciting day. Everyone, like I said, everyone got the guys they wanted. And if you didn't get them, you didn't need them. You know what I mean? So um, everyone take your victory lap while you listen to this podcast. You got anything before we help off here, buddy? Yeah, buddy, I got some reviews. Uh-oh. All right, first one comes from Jordan Sylvie, SEC, five-star. Great podcast, Dogs on Top. Well, Jordan Sylvie, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for that one. Next one, Dogfan904, content, five-star. I love the content you guys deliver on a daily basis. Hashtag go dogs. Well, Dogfan904, we appreciate you, even though we're not daily right now. Uh, the season is slowed down. We were daily, but I appreciate you, dog fan. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, next one comes from Bert Tovin. Great insight on the best conference. Five star. Both guys know what they're talking about and make it funny, insightful to take a look in the world of SEC football. But. Shane and Mike are the best part of the show. Go big O. Bert O, I appreciate you. You sure you're not writing these, Shane? <laughs> I swear, it's not me. It's not me. But I do appreciate Bert Oven. Uh, the next one comes from Northside Ox Girl. North, Northern Girl who loves the SEC. Five star. Thank you, Mike and Shane. Well, Northside Ox Girl, I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Maybe it's Northside Socks Girl. Why would she? You know? Yeah, let's go with that one. Northside Socks Girl. Northside Socks Girl. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Next one. Daniel Naz. Only wish they were Florida's. Five Star. Been listening to this pod for over a year now, and I love it. This is my car trip listening podcast. I don't even listen to music anymore. The only downside is neither of them are Florida Gators. Well, Daniel Nass, I appreciate you. Big Dog, New England. Garen, Garen Shano, Dog Killer, five star. You guys, <laughs> I do like that. You guys do a great job. Balance coverage for every team. I even feel bad because it's shame when they lose. Oh, definitely a five star pod, except when Cousin Sh. Get some unfortunate team the kiss of death every week. Keep it, keep it on. Well, big dog in New England, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, man. This one, JCSUF, Florida fan, Mike, hold your seat. Great everyday listen, five star. I look forward to listening to this pod every morning at 6 a.m. Love the prep, the fun and the SEC-ness of it all. Thank you. Well, JCSUF, I appreciate you. All right, next one comes from Kupla Minchez. Best, I hope that's not a bad word, different language. Best pods from the best conference, five-star. Best college football podcast out there, and I listen to a lot of them. Mike is as dialed in and knowledgeable Wait, I gotta start that one. Mike is as dialed in and knowledgeable when as anybody in the business, especially SEC recruiting. Shane, 
sucks at recruiting. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> But it would be true. Shane is the guy that you just want to crack a beer open with, in fact, uh, and talk football with. And you can because he cracks a beer at the top of every show. That's right. Uh, Don't take themselves too seriously. Banner back and forth is hilarious. Guest interviews are great. Thanks, fellas. Keep it up. Go Big Orange. Well, Jeremy Morris, I appreciate you. You need a koozie so you can drink a beer with us. Stufo88. One of my favorite podcasts, five stars. Love this podcast. Real guys talking and unbiased commentary. We know Shane is a Tennessee fan, but I have no idea who Mike cheers for, which is great. Not knowing or not looking forward to their end this year. Keep up the great work. Well, Stufo88, we are not quitting. We will slow down, but we will not quit on you guys. Appreciate you, Stu. H. Nasty. Cool. Five-star. Good show. Well-informed about things going on where football matters. The South. Well, H. Nasty, I appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate all our reviews. And for anyone that's out there that's given us a five-star review and wants a free koozie on us, just reach out to us, that secpodcast at gmail.com, or hit us up on the Twitters. Uh, we're happy to send that out to you guys. For all, We really do appreciate each and every one of you. It's just kind of our way of giving back to you. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you, guys. Go Vols. Mike Nasty. <laughs>